Welcome to Kinship. We're church sisters who share our discussions so that you're encouraged to deepen relationships in your local church. Hi, my name is Alyssa and I'm joined here with Bethany and Francis. And today we're going to talk about politics. But first, I have a question for you ladies. What um, is something that you remember from your childhood in history? I'll go first, just because I've been waiting to talk about this. In, it's really good. Yeah. In high school, um, one of the big major events was Y2K. Do you guys have you ever heard of Y2K? I have. Okay. It 2000? Was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the year the millennium? 2000. Yeah. Like when everything was going to crash. Like all the computers. <laughs> like the world was going to die and explode when the new millennium came. And then... And then everyone <laughs> waited at their desk and nothing happened. It was so stupid. <laughs> oh, man. We even had like Y2K shirts, Y2K hats. Yep. like With the double O's yeah, and the glasses. It was so dumb, dude. Can you imagine like everyone anticipating that and literally nothing, nothing happens? Okay. Well, Francis, I'm looking at you like that because that was actually also my <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I, I literally was thinking, oh, no one's going to say this. The oh. year 2000, the millennium year oh, was, man. I was 10 years, I was going to turn 10 years old. And so I was so excited for everything. And then my favorite boy band, Backstreet Boys, came out with their new CD called The Millennium, which oh. was their hottest CD yet. So um, that was my thing. I was 10 years old and excited for The Millennium. I wasn't, you know, as concerned. It's funny hearing your take on it with like yeah. everyone thinking things are going to explode oh, and yeah, all yeah. that. But yeah. Well, yeah. not literally explode. Oh, well. like, like governments collapse. <laughs> well, and, shut down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I also thought about The Millennium. That is so funny. Okay. Yeah. So my Millennium story. <laughs> I literally it. don't have anything except like literally when she said this question, I have no memory of history intersecting with my life at all um because you lost because you lost all memory with the new millennium <laughs> it got Y2K. wiped out why did you in your brain oh, oh my dang. that's crazy dude um you can cut this out because the only thing that i can think of is it so made me remember stupid. that Growing up with my friend, every year we would have this chant that we would say. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> heck? Why is this even a fact? Oh my goodness. Wait, what was the chant? We would say, goodbye, goodbye, 2 and then of course yes. okay goodbye whatever year it was hello 2000 <laughs> that's great 
for keeping that in. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Now on to serious (laughs) matters. Okay. Okay. Serious matters. We have an election coming up um, next month, and we thought we would talk about this uncomfortable topic, um, especially within the church. Um, It makes us uncomfortable to talk about it. Even right now, we've been putting it off and delaying it, but we figured um, we would encourage each other, hopefully, in this podcast and encourage you listeners. So, um, ladies, why is it so uncomfortable to talk about politics within the church? I think because you don't want to hurt your your loved ones. You don't want to hurt your church members because of a view that you hold and other people maybe hold stronger or just as strong. So I feel... And it's just interesting now with what's going on, like the whole tribalism and um, everything being so bipartisan. It's just it's just hard to talk about this subject because you don't know where people are landing and you also don't want to be misunderstood. Yeah, I was just going to say that I yeah, I feel like it's so touchy because people feel like politics is who they are like you are republican or you are democrat so when someone is discussing it it's easy to think oh they they're attacking me as a person because that's my identity which i think is what you're getting at francis yes and so it's hard to discuss it because it's it doesn't feel like a discussion it feels like an attack on you as a person and also i think in today's culture um the republican party is really tied to christianity so it's hard to even have a discussion because you think there could be the tendency to think like, oh, we're Republicans, so you're Christian. And if you are Democrat, it's almost like, are you a Christian? You know, and so it's hard to have a discussion when that's already the assumption sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Um, But actually jumping on that, do you feel like a Christian should be condemned if you don't vote for a particular party? Like if a Christian doesn't vote for Republican, should we feel condemned? No, I mean, you should feel condemned when the Bible says you should feel condemned. Mm -hmm. Like, you should feel ashamed over a particular sin. Um, So, I mean, whatever you're thinking as far as politics, like, always having the Bible at hand and knowing, like, the Word of God should bind your conscience. And to say you have to vote a particular party, I personally think that's not valid and that's actually more hurtful than helpful. And I know that there's been lots of talk most recently about that particular topic, like pastors saying that they should vote this way or they have to vote this way. It's like, that's just dangerous ground. Like, yeah, I, I'm just not agreeing with that because you can't say thus says the Lord with that statement. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think... um it's tricky because, and I'll just put it out there, like I think I vote usually Republican because of the sanctity of life issues and um, marriage issues. And so um, I think, not to push back against what you're saying, just to nuance it, I think it's okay to think that one party more closely aligns with scripture, but to then condemn other people who don't think that way is I think where I would draw the line. Like, I can think that one party is better 
But to say automatically everyone who votes for the other party is wrong or not a Christian, I don't think is right. And I think that's important to have that, uh, giving people that leeway. Mm -hmm. Like if you believe that, if you believe this party most aligns with the Bible, then you're free to think that and believe that and vote that way and be able to have a conversation with others if they disagree. So I think just being able to be... Um, kind to Mm -hmm. each other because I feel like that's what's happening right now there's just a lot of unkind words and right um I mean yeah and I know I I could I could easily get into that mentality of of you sort of what you were saying earlier Bethany about identity politics like that's my identity Mm -hmm. I could easily go into that framework and start feeling attacked rather than like let's have a conversation and maybe I could persuade you. And I think that's okay. If mm-hmm. you want to try to persuade me, then that's your prerogative. And I, out of love, I'll hear you out and maybe engage you. But it's just so hard nowadays to even think um, I can't persuade anyone. Which is like, I mean, you should be able to have a conversation with a brother and sister. And feel free to convince or persuade. And I think that's okay as believers. Maybe other believers won't agree with that. Maybe they'll be like, no, we shouldn't try to persuade anyone. Which is fine. You can believe that too. But I don't know. Do you agree with that? Trying to persuade others? That it's all right to do that? Yeah. Like, do you think that Christians should try to persuade others with like, hey, maybe vote this way? Yeah, I think um, that happens in all of life as Christians and politics shouldn't be excluded. We're always trying to, we should be always able to have these conversations. And if we think one way is more godly or more closely in line with the Bible, then we should try to, in a sense, counsel others, but also give that freedom, like you were saying. But I guess, like, I always hear in the back of my mind, like, what if it was the Nazi party and one Mm. party? Like, is it ever okay to say, no, that is clearly a sin to vote for that party? Because I think some people could say like you are clearly sinning if you vote for a pro-abortion candidate because that is murder you know Mm -hmm. so at what point do you think there's ever a point that you could say no that's a sin to vote a certain way or does that principle carry through in all circumstances i just heard um the bd talk about this on prophetic prophetic politics yeah and i thought it was really helpful i could um put it up on the show notes but Basically, I like what he was saying, which was, yes, you should be able to say, like, you should not vote for that candidate. But at the same time, um, he brought up a good point that it should also align with scripture so tightly that for those that practice um, membership, healthy membership, should maybe be able to even excommunicate. Like, it has to be that clear. Yeah, like, it has to be that clear to be like, you cannot vote for this candidate, and if you do, we're going to excommunicate you. And that's, you really have to have, like, a really tight Mm. um, argument to allow that to happen, which is a blessing, too, because there you go, church membership again. They're, Mm. you know, the the boundaries of what the church is, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, go ahead. I forget what I was going to say. Okay, well, I'll swoop in with this <laughs> yes. random thought. Well, regarding the political parties, there's there's freedom, I think, in who to vote for because at the same time, no political party will follow the Bible perfectly, and so each will make its own mistakes, and we're to submit to the authority 
at the point in time. So there's going to be freedom because we know in the end, like the Lord reigns um, over the world. And so there, we know that each party is doing its best in their view to um, for humans and for society to function, but not perfectly. So I'm sure each political side has its pros and cons in terms of following the Bible, even um, with society. Um, Bethany, you talked about um, how you're voting based on a lot of um, pro-life and family and marriage um, issues. So can a Christian vote based on single issues? I say yes. I think yes, you can if you have one issue that you come to the conviction that that is the most important issue. Obviously, there's going to be nuance there like you have to consider other things but I think you can be um, vote primarily based on one issue as long as like we were saying you give room for other people to vote on different issues and you don't force other people to think that issue is the main issue for everyone yeah I agree yeah I mean I would say yeah you could definitely do that um do I think it's the best way no I don't think it's the best way but just like what we keep saying it's giving people room to disagree and vote their conscience like I mean I mean if there was a candidate that said honestly like 100% he's he's going to get rid of Roe versus Wade like 100% like that would be like how many Christians would be like okay that's definitely the candidate I'm voting for so in one sense, I feel like everyone would be a one-issue voter if like if it came to that. But, I mean, that's not going to happen. That can't happen. There's too many things in play. So, um, yeah, I mean, but again, I get it why people, why Christians vote that way. I, I understand, and it makes perfect sense, too. Yeah. Um, what are other policies or issues that Christians should hold um, valuable in the election coming up? Um, for me, I I agree also with pro-life and um, the sanctity of marriage and the family, um, even like the laws protecting children, too. Um, I feel like that's been coming up a lot more. Um, but also what's important is, like for me, is a lot of the um, how we treat others, so like criminal reformation and um, ethnocentric oppression or racial injustice. That's also important. Um, even how to help different classes and mm -hmm. the poor and the needy. I think the Bible talks a lot about helping those who are oppressed as well. Um, those are important issues for me. Yeah, I think with that one in particular, like healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that. Yeah, that that's just something to think through that I've never thought about before. I just assume, yeah, healthcare. It's not that big of a deal, but. Once Obama came out with his, uh, what was this called? Obamacare. Mm -hmm. It made me have to think about healthcare, which was interesting because I just thought like, why does anyone care about this? Mm -hmm. So it's like all these different um, issues that are coming up. I mean, there's the main ones, I feel. And then there's all these other that I would consider secondary ones that also affect the primary issues as well sure. so it's just interesting how a lot of these things are intertwined because i didn't think of healthcare 
like what you said, you were talking about class and ethnocentric oppression, like how those are even intertwined. Mm. And yeah, it's just interesting that it made me think more about, in my head, secondary issues. Okay. Um, so knowing the different issues that um, Christians are passionate about or feel strongly about, do you think it's sin or unwise if a Christian does not vote in their elections? Like you mean withholding their vote? Is that what you mean? Is that the same thing or is that different than what I'm saying? Sorry. Do not. Yeah. I'm saying if a Christian does not vote, does that, is that the same thing as withholding yeah. the vote too? Okay, yeah. yeah. Or oh. or maybe voting, because some people would say even voting third party okay. would be considered so like throwing, or, throwing away their vote. Mm-hmm. Or not even being registered to vote. I would like to oh. add that in. Okay. I mean, my initial thought is um, we have a responsibility to vote as Christians to positively influence our culture, even if in California it feels like it kind of really doesn't matter. Honestly, I mean, it won't have much of an impact, but I think we do have a responsibility as Christians to have that impact on our culture. But I just was listening to the prophetic politics and they made a comment about um, how it. there are some cases when it's okay to not vote, but I didn't listen to that. So I'm like, mm. have this lingering question in my mind, like, what did they mean by that? And when would it be okay mm-hmm. to not vote? But I think that's different than voting for a third party in my mind, because mm-hmm. that's still voting. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't consider that a throwaway vote. I think you're doing your best in that case and you're still doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I would say voting third party, even though, you know, for sure, they're not going to win. I wouldn't consider it a throwaway just because you're still voting. Um, I mean, and other people can view you as throwing away your vote, and that's fine. But I don't, I personally don't agree with that. Um, you mentioned not registering to vote. Do I think that's wise? Um, yeah, I don't think, maybe going back to whatever Bethany said. Well, not whatever, but whatever. <laughs> what you said. <laughs> whatever. I, I agree with it. I mean... Yeah, I I could try to persuade you. I think it's going back to persuading you of why I think you should cast your vote or be registered to vote. And I mean, we've had this conversation in throughout the years with telling people to pay attention to politics or pay attention to what's going on. I mean, I try to do my best. I don't know everything that's going on. There's so many details and so many issues. I wish I did, but I just don't have the time to. Um... But I mean, I I try. And so I guess I would encourage someone to at least try. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure, I've only voted once. (laughs) So when I talk, like, I don't know a lot about politics. I don't, I feel like I lack a lot in this area. But I did want to ask, going off of that, like, why are some, what are some reasons people don't vote? Um, I'm thinking laziness could be one. But there could be a lot of different things. You mentioned it earlier, like it doesn't matter. So if you feel like you live in like a liberal or a conservative state, you feel like there's no point because there's a certain majority already. So your voice won't, it's just a drop in the bucket. Mm. I don't know what other reasons. Because you're like, forget government. I don't Mm. know. Uh, I mean, that could be one, but that's not many Americans, I don't think. Oh, and I'm thinking a lot of, I mean, people I know are also immigrants and so they don't have the right or the ability to vote in america yet so yeah i mean anytime i hear people not voting it's usually because 
they don't agree with the candidates or whoever's up there. Oh, yeah. They feel like no one can do anything, so they don't mm-hmm. like anyone. And yeah. They just don't want to even right. participate. So what would be a legitimate reason not to vote then? Can you guys think of any? I mean, if everyone, like all or the candidates up there were just like absolute no's. Like it would know. violate your conscience yeah, to, vote to vote for either of them. Uh-huh. I could see that. I mean, I've I've heard of people writing in names. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't he the top? I think so. Yeah, top third party. I didn't party. know that. Yeah, that's oh. what I heard. That's nice. He's already king, so we don't have to vote him in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. <laughs> Bow the knee. Um, I think this is kind of like a two-part question, but... Um, is there a balance with how much a church should speak on politics? I mean, from the pulpit or from the leaders? Um, what do you guys think about the balance between um, having too much politics or too little? Well, I'll say this just because obviously PJ is one of the elders here, but I think it's just tricky being a leader of the church and trying to at the same time not bind pe- people's conscience, but at the same time, like, still trying to persuade if the Lord leads you. Um, Again, I was just listening to prophetic prophetic politics. politics. (laughs) And I like what the VD was saying as far as uh, pastors and leaders should speak about these things and it should be more public, but at the same time, um, knowing... From the pulpit? I don't know. I don't think he said from the pulpit. And I, I think he would... Not he would probably say no. I think more of like publicly letting his congregation know. Um, I don't know. I don't even think he was necessarily saying like what political party. I don't even know how he nuanced it, but it was more like they Just should be. It yeah, with his congregation. Yeah, like they should be talking about it, and it should be more public than private. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have on one end, like other pastors who are very vocal of what political party they're going to choose. And then on the other end, you have some pastors that don't say anything and really want to just keep it that way. Again, that's their prerogative. But the pastor who is speaking from the pulpit, I would disagree with that and say like, no, you shouldn't do that. I'd rather go with the other pastor who doesn't say anything, you know. But I still would say like, he should still be talking about it. Because your congregation is talking about it. And yeah, like we still need to be um, not led to a political party, but just led biblically. I would think like as a pastor, I mean, in all areas, right? You just have to be careful because you have this influence on people's opinions and you could possibly sway people too far where they feel conscience bound to vote a certain way. But at the same time, you're their shepherd, so... That applies to all of life, like showing them how to live their lives in all categories, biblically. And so politics falls under that. Yeah, I'm just thinking as they're expositing the Bible and scripture, it comes out in what the Bible is telling us. So when things are happening for justice or for um, the unborn um, it's coming out regularly, not just during election season. And so we're always, it's it's lived in us throughout um, the years, even when it's not election season. Um, but what do you think about, I guess, particularly focusing on politic or political issues 
when it's election season. Whether it's like special, like topical sermons or um, maybe even like Bible study classes and focusing and honing it into political issues. I think you have to be really careful with that. I could see like maybe having a general class on like politics in general, like a topical Bible study, but I don't think from the pulpit you should get too specific. Yeah, I agree. I think even having, we've talked about this at BBC, like having a town hall meeting um, with maybe the leaders or just other people from um, the community, like maybe some other pastors from the community that hold different views. I think it just be would it would be good for the church to hear leaders and pastors in the congregation like just go back and forth on some of these issues and how to think about it because honestly like a lot of our church members have questions like and they and at the same time you want to teach them not to be lazy in their vote and just not ask like what are you voting I'll vote that but actually be thoughtful so I think having like like what you said like a bible study maybe a general bible study on politics the importance of um casting a vote or the Mm -hmm. importance of just Mm -hmm. knowing what's going on in the world um again you got to love your neighbor so loving your neighbor is like knowing what your neighbor believes and thinks and yeah i think it would be helpful to have by like a a town hall meeting or something i like that idea well and also you know just to have those conversations in general because we're out in the world where people are talking about this co-workers classmates i mean i remember when i was in school and you know, stuff like that would come up. And it's just, if you're a Christian and you have no opinion and don't care, what is that showing to the world that you don't really care about the well-being of our society? Like, it just ties into what you're saying about loving our neighbor and possibly being a way to evangelize as well. Having Being able to have those conversations with non-believers, I think, is helpful. Mm-hmm. And then the part two of my question is just, how can we love church members who have different political convictions or views? And so what are practical ways we can have um, conversations to persuade or to love or to even have that space to disagree with other church members, but still have grace? I would say just have lighthearted, deep conversations. Like be able to laugh with light your... Light and deep. Light and deep. That's the... Yeah. Just like be that. able to laugh with whoever you're engaging. Like if you feel like it's getting way too serious or intense, like maybe even stopping just to pray and just ask the Lord to give each other um, the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, I would just say um, making sure you're listening and even being able to restate what they're saying. So basically, Listening, yeah. Asking questions. So have them say what they need to say and then maybe say, saying something along the lines like, okay, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying this, this, and this. And let them chime in. Like, no, I'm actually not saying that. I'm saying this. You know, I think just being an active listener is really helpful because otherwise you could get in your own head and then you're already thinking of an argument or rebuttal and you're not really listening to your your church member. Yeah, that reminds me of um, what Johnny was preaching about on Sunday. That was my takeaway. Um, was He was talking about how everything in life falls under the kingship of Jesus. And the one thing he said that stuck with me was your opinions. And so I think sometimes we think, Oh, my opinions are mine, like going back to the identity piece. And so we feel like we have to fight for them. 
and thinking about, I don't know, that was a helpful reminder. Like when I'm like debating with people, I don't have to feel like this is my opinion. It's like, it should all tie back to who Jesus is as king over that. And so it kind of takes away this like personal fight that I have to win this debate versus like, well, what's most honoring to the Lord? So to keep God at the center of those um, debates or conversations, I think will be really helpful. Um, I just want to end this with Romans 13, 1. Um, Let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. Um, Francis, can you just share, um, where is the gospel in this election, no matter the outcome? Like, how can we um, love and trust the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, the beauty of all this is that Jesus is king, And so we bow the knee to him. And so what is here on earth is not permanent. And we are to look for permanence in the new heavens and in the new earth. So just knowing that this world is still um, in process, like we know that as Christians, this is not our home. And so we're not to put our treasures here. And at the same time, we are to love our neighbor and care for those around us. And part of that is listening to what's going on in the world um, and being able to pray with that in mind. So as you know what's going on, you know how to pray for your neighbors. You know how to pray for the world. You know how to pray for the persecuted church and all the other things. So I'm just thankful that this is not our home. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to look for paradise here. Um, We already know where paradise is. And because of that, I'm free to think. And as believers, we are free to think um, in lines with the scriptures, which is what we hold fast to. So Jesus is king. Yeah. All right. So that's it for politics. Um, We just want to thank our three listeners for um, bearing with us on this uncomfortable topic. Um, But we hope it was edifying and encouraging to you. Um, We want to thank our husbands um, for encouraging us and watching the kids or being with um, church interns. Um, We want to encourage you to rate us on iTunes or Apple. Um, We are there. Also, we're on Instagram on kinship underscore podcast. You can also email us at kinshippodcast at gmail.com. We want to thank our BBC church family for encouraging us on the daily um, to have these types of conversations. And did I miss anything else? Yeah, that's it. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.